You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Umoja app. I'm your host, Imran Dharamsi, and on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and to give us advice. And remember, if you have any questions for the people you see on the show, you can always leave them in the Inspire app. Um, and of course, as always, that's where we wanted to start um, with just a few words about the Inspire app. Um, it is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. So as a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from other professionals. Um, and as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals. And that's available via the Emoja app uh, for free with an Emoja account on Android and iOS. So hope you will uh, download and use that. Um, and our next announcement. Um, so Ramadan Kareem from all of us at Emoja Reach. Um, the only way we're able to share stories of professionals, students, and community organizations is because of the generous support of viewers and listeners like you listening right now. Um, so this month of Ramadan, please consider supporting our show at umojaoutreach.org slash donate or through the donate option in the Umoja app. Um, every little bit goes a long way in helping us continue the show, helping us continue opening career doors for our youth and connecting communities. So we thank you for that. Okay, now let's get to today's speaker. Um, so today's speaker is Marcus Santa Domingo. Um, he is a PE coach and teacher who's currently studying to earn a BA and MA in education, as well as a California teaching credential for math. Um, and as well, currently he's working as um, a physical education coach and as a substitute teacher at City of Knowledge, K through 12 Islamic school in Pomona, California. Um, also, he is currently a volunteer basketball coach for Claremont Youth Basketball. Um, his passion, as I'm sure he'll tell us, um, his passion for sharing knowledge and working with children was kindled by a positive, by positive experiences with educator, educators, educators, and coaches as a youth. Um, and he hopes that his work as an educator can serve as an expression of gratitude for those who have inspired him. So um, we will definitely hear a lot more about that in this show. And for now... Um, let's welcome Brother Marcus. Assalamu alaikum, Marcus. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, it's a joy of to course. Be yeah, especially thank you for making time during the month of Ramadan as well. I know it's crazy some some weeks. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, glad to be here. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, I know I like I, I, we went through that a little bit, but can you tell me a little bit more about um, your background? Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Northern California. Um, that's where I grew up and called home. Mm -hmm. Best best area for sure in the world. Um, <laughs> okay. um, and yeah, I went to, you know, grew up playing sports. Family was mm -hmm. a big sports family. And that's kind of how I built community, made friends and all that kind of thing. Had some impactful coaches at a young age who really taught me a lot of skills, um, you know, whether it was teamwork or discipline. Um, mm -hmm. I built good habits through that. And then I would say in high school, um, I had some impactful teachers that really got me excited about learning um, and wanted to pursue that path. Um, and so now I'm here studying education, um, working in schools, working with youth. And yeah. Mm, that's great. Um, you So you mentioned like the sports element. How did like having an upbringing that was full of sports and being coached and also coaching, how did that push you into knowing that you wanted to teach? Yeah, so um, 
the one of the baseball teams I played for growing up um, early on, they were doing summer camps for younger kids. And um, one of my coaches offered me a position working at the summer camp. And that was kind of my first job. Okay, and yeah. I just fell in love with it. It was such a great time being able to interact with, you know, these six, seven, eight year olds, teach them skills for the first time, um, especially with sports. I think it's, it's really fun because you can see the joy kids have from learning. Um, mm-hmm a new skill. And it also kind of taught me a lot about different leadership things. And um, yeah, just kindled that passion for teaching and, and sharing the knowledge that I had built up. Okay. Um, great. Thank you for that. I'm sure. So we're going to talk a lot more about your passion for teaching um, and learning and education later. Um, but for now, can we talk a little bit about, so how does, if you, if someone decides that they want to go into education, how does that process work roughly? Yeah, so uh, in California, there's um, uh, you need to get your teaching credential. Mm-hmm. And so okay. that you can do that through school districts or colleges and universities. Um, and it's usually around a year long program where you're working with um, whatever institution you choose, um, taking classes and that kind of thing. And then there's um, CSET testing, which is the final test at the end of the year that you have to take. Um, And so if you want to teach in elementary school, you get a multiple subject credential. And so that's kind of just a test that covers the basics of all subjects, because in California, elementary school teachers, you know, you get one class and you're teaching Mm -hmm. all the subjects. But if you want to do um, six through 12 education, then you get a single subject credential. Um, So it would be specific to math, English, history, that kind of thing. Hmm. Okay. So, but is that like, so you do that after your undergrad or can you do an undergrad in like a BA in education and then do your certification? No. So that would be after your, your undergrad. Uh, At least from what I've seen, there's, there haven't been any joint programs. Usually you do your undergrad and then it's like a year long program of getting your credential. Oh, I see. So how are, like, what if you do your undergrad in something else? Can you, do you have to then do like do a longer teaching certification program or can you just do the one-year program? Yeah. So you can get your undergrad in anything. Um, oh, okay. So for example, if you studied math, right, you got your BA in mathematics, mm-hmm. then that actually coursework as of 2021, because of different things that were happening with COVID and stuff, Gavin Newsom changed the process. So that mm-hmm. coursework actually covers the test. So you don't need to take the test. Oh. You just oh, need wow. to okay. in a program with a school district or a university to um, get your credential. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Okay. That's good to know. Um, And then, so how has your path been, like in your case, what, what path have you followed? So the program I'm in is a four plus one. So it's a four year BA program plus a year to get um, your master's in education. And then the program getting the master's in education is also a credentialing program. Um, and it's through the Claremont Graduate University, mm-hmm. um, which is the graduate school of Pitzer College, which is the, the college I attend. Okay. Hmm. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, so maybe if we can talk like a little bit more about your program, um, how did you, how have you been liking your undergrad? Because I know you're in your fourth year. And mm-hmm. then what are some things that like you're looking forward to or you're concerned about for the master's and the certification? Yeah, so um, the undergrad experience has been amazing because the, the way the program works is it's like an interdisciplinary approach to education. So mm-hmm. I've been taking like 
history classes, English classes, math classes, um, psychology, sociology, like a whole oh, range of different wow. disciplines. Yeah. And uh, mm. each class is kind of like my final research paper for the class or research presentation has been geared on education and in the way that kind of discipline views and um, interprets educational systems, um, different teaching pedagogy, um, things mm. of that nature. And then, so like which, you're going to be a math teacher eventually, right? Or like that's yes. your goal, yeah. teach math. So how, like why do you need to take all those interdisciplinary courses in order to teach math? I feel like that's a common question. Yeah, so I think um, the biggest the biggest takeaway that approach has kind of given me with regards to teaching math is, you know, everyone has that math teacher who writes the formula on the board and then gives them a worksheet and the entire class <laughs> is just sitting in silence, you know, yeah. doing some or, you know, in elementary school, you have your times table and it's like, all right, mm -hmm. you got one minute, do these times multiplication problems as fast as possible. Right. Yeah. And um, from looking at how other disciplines are taught and different like psychological theory on, you know, brain science and, you know, the mm -hmm. science of learning really like it's more effective if we can connect the math skills students are learning to their lived experience and, and the real world and viewing math more as like a language in a form of communication and helping students see how they can use math to communicate their thoughts and lived experiences in the world. Um, so, you know, instead of getting um, like learning how to calculate area um, mm -hmm. or kind of this abstract farm, right? There's a lot of questions where it's like, all right, if you have 20 sheeps and, you know, <laughs> acres of land, like yeah. what's the most effective way to do your fencing, right? Mm, why not? Yes, yes. Why not? Okay, here's your local park. Here are the dimensions of the park. What what do you want that park to look like? Let's try and create a design um, that is going to be more like effective for what your community wants. Mm. And then students will be able to see, oh, there's like an actual application for these math skills because if we want to create change in our community, we're going to need to use math in order to create a proposal that the city takes seriously. And so trying to create more projects that get students involved in in their lived experience, but also in the process of learning. Yeah, that's an interesting I mean, we, interesting approach. We were talking about that, you know, during the pre-interview and you, you like raised the thing that educators have to be interdisciplinary themselves. So like, can't only be focused on math. So like how in your, what is your plan to actually bring that into the classroom? Like how are, I guess, what other interest will you display to your students and how do you think that will improve their learning of math? Yeah, so um, one of the classes I took in high school, it was a hip hop history class. And oh, okay. um, yeah, and that kind of like sparked my intro interest, excuse me, in um, hip hop. And so I did a lot of, um, I did a couple of projects on like hip hop education, how people incorporate that in their classroom. And so one example is there's this uh, graffiti artist, um, Skate Martinez. And he does this whole like lesson plan on how he uses um, math to kind of plan his murals and art. Mm. Um, and so I think one way you can bring that into the classroom is, you know, show the lesson plan and then have students design their own murals. And then you can also bring in kind of how is art used to 
change the physical environment that people exist in and, and empower people to take ownership over um, kind of the streets that they're walking on. So instead of seeing just a gray building, they get to see, you know, a colorful mural of like mm -hmm. something that represents them. Um, so right. kind of taking back, right. We got like all these billboards of advertisements that are like forced upon us that we're like forced to look at. <laughs> Whereas like, okay, look, here's this practice of graffiti, right. Here's this resistance to all of these things that you're forced to see for you to take ownership of what you want to see in the world. That's an interesting perspective. Actually, I don't think we we talked about that specifically, like in the pre-interview. So yeah, thanks for yeah, sharing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I mentioned in the pre-interview. <laughs> I don't know. It does. I mean, it doesn't really matter if it's different. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a nice new angle. Um, but something so something we actually did talk about was um, if you can talk about some common misconceptions about teaching um, mm -hmm. and about like this field in general, um, and then I guess what you think of them and and how to what the truth is. Yeah. So I remember. Um, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. My math teacher told me, um, those who can do, those who can't teach. <laughs> wow, this and is then, a teacher as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a teacher. I'm like, wow, like, what do you think of yourself, bro? Like, come on now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that like it's true of bad teachers. Like bad teachers don't do. They just like show up, get their paycheck, and are excited to have their summers off. Um, but I think teachers that like really get kids excited about learning Mm. are doing a, a whole bunch of stuff outside of the classroom and then bringing those experiences to the school um, and to share with the, the kids about, look, this knowledge, while, you know, at times is going to seem distant and irrelevant, actually isn't. Yeah. And like, it's actually right. really important that you're paying attention, you know, that you show up excited to learn about this stuff. Um, and, you know, I think it's a lot more impactful if teachers are bringing in their lived experience and kind of, you know, their side projects, their passion projects to yes. share with students rather than just being like, look, this is important and this is why, you know, if they can really see a human example of how the knowledge they're learning is being applied, then um, I think we're going to get a lot more engaged students. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I was thinking about it, like, in order to be able to show students how you can actually apply knowledge you have to have applied it first. You have to know it really well. So you have to do even more than, you know, just like just doing. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, is, is there another like common misconception that you want to share? If not, we can. Um, another. That, I, I feel like there was one more thing that I mentioned that now is slipping my mind. I, I don't think so. Okay. But I mean, if you have anything else, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's the main one. Like I've personally heard as well. Um, let's um, actually. So one more question, and then I want to connect it to something else that we were discussing. Um, what has been your most uh, memorable moment uh, while you've been coaching or teaching or uh, in your in your studies, like studying education? Yeah. Um, so I worked as a swim instructor for a little bit. And there was this student I was working with and, you know, it's, I think it was like a four week program and okay. in the mm -hmm. first two and a half weeks, he was really struggling to get it. And his whole thing was like, I want to be able to swim across the school or across the pool, Marcus. Like, I want to be able to do it. And so we were working on it. We were working on it. And then finally he was like, all right, I'm ready. And he tried to mm -hmm. swim across the pool. And when he got to the other side, the smile on his face, man, I'll never wow. forget. It's like, 
one of those moments that whenever I'm having like a hard time being patient with students or like, man, like these kids just aren't getting it. Like <laughs> I can always just remember that moment and be like, you know, maybe they won't get it with me, but like, I know that I'm planting the seeds and like mm. trying to build so that eventually like they can have that moment. And um, I mean, we've the all experienced, moment. we've all, yeah, we've all experienced those aha moments. Um, yeah. And so just being able to see that in someone else is amazing. Um, so in your um, speaker, like in your form that you sent us, you wrote that like one of the quotes that you really resonate with is to teach us to learn, which is like roughly something that Imam Ali Salam said. So mm -hmm. how do you think or if you want to talk about that and then also how do you think that this idea of um, like learning but not just like rote memorization, but learning from many different fields and kind of applying your knowledge to society and actually doing things how does that connect to islamic ideals yeah um so i mean i think that that quote is well first i'll say that um like i mentioned you know my family was a big sports family and so sports yes. was kind of always my passion growing up and that's mm -hmm. like what i dedicated my time to um i even remember like in high school like there were definitely weeks and stuff where the only reason I was really showing up and like present in class was because I knew I had a game later that day and I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but, um, but then around like my senior year, freshman year of college was when I really started to uh, engage with Islamic ideas and that, you know, just the emphasis placed on seeking knowledge, um, you know, the first the first part of the Quran that's revealed. I know it's sometimes translated to recite, but I think the first time I um saw it it was translated to read and so that was like oh wow like mm -hmm. my you know purpose in life is i gotta read and accumulate as much knowledge as possible um and so that emphasis on learning um was huge in just motivating me to kind of take more ownership of my learning um and then one that quote you know to teach is to learn um really clicked in like oh like yeah, that makes sense. You know, I want to pursue a career in education because I know that's how I'm going to be able to continue learning and growing as a person, um, bettering myself, which were all kind of ideas that Islam um, emphasizes. Hmm. And then maybe this is a good um, time to ask, like, so can you talk a little bit more about your journey with Islam? Because you, as you had mentioned, like you weren't raised in a Muslim family during yeah. your childhood? Yeah, so um, I think that the, like, how I discovered it was kind of mm -hmm. just, like, meeting a bunch of good Muslims, right? Like, <laughs> I just met a bunch of people who I was like, oh, yeah, like, I really like how you see the world and your worldview. Um, and then kind of after realizing that, I was like, oh, all these people are Muslim. Like, what's up with that? Like, I should probably look into that. Um, and so I, as I started to look into it more um, and read about it, um, it was kind of, I think it was the autobiography of Malcolm X that like, really, I was like, oh, wow, like, this is something that can, you know, have a really positive impact on, you know, my personal life, but also um, the greater community and greater society. Like, these are ideals and messages that I think there need to be more of. Um, and 
then as as the, and that was still like an ideological level um yes mm-hmm. and then there's a, a moment where i reached out to one of my earliest mentors and was like hey like i want to learn how to pray um and then once i started praying that's like when i felt like i experienced um I just had experiences where I was like, yeah, like this is the thing that like I need to pursue and um, keep implementing in my life and learning more about um, because I can just see how it's having a positive impact on me. Hmm. That's that's such an amazing story. Um, And then like you were, I think one thing that you said that I was thinking about is teaching gave a foundation to like those core beliefs that you knew you always had. And Islam mm-hmm. also helped you kind of like express those beliefs that you didn't have. I don't know the language, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Explain yeah no, I guess talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. There, so, so part of my upbringing, it wasn't like religious, you know, my parents were very much like, um, like we want our kids to discover that for themselves. We don't want to impose our mm-hmm. personal beliefs on them, um, which, you know, I have, I have a lot of respect for. And so there were like all these ideas, you know, um, because I would say up until I was like 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. I was like pretty much operating in this like materialistic worldview in that like mm-hmm. only only what I can see, touch, feel and taste is there, you know. Mm-hmm. But then as I think is evident, like there is this unseen world around us. And so um Islam was kind of the thing that like really gave me the language and, and tools to navigate that in a way that made sense to me. Um, because, you know, I had um, like, I, I, there's, I still, I mean, I still have one of the most important messages of uh, the prophet is the idea that there are like 124,000 prophets that have come. And there are like so many different messages of God that, um, we need to be conscious of in this like interfaith and intercultural awareness that needs to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just incorporating that in, into my studies as well. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. Is, so if there's, I do have another question, obviously, but is there anything else you want to say about this topic? Um, just, I mean, it's, you know, it's been a great, like, I'm super grateful for having encountered, um, those Muslims who, who taught me, like, because like anything, right, there are going to be people who, who, who teach the message in a positive way and, and people mm-hmm. who represent it in a negative way. And I think what, right. what is so horrible is like how media represents Islam and Muslims, right? And so um, if you don't have those personal connections with people, if you're like an outsider, then you're really not going to be able to connect with it. Um, so just I appreciate all, all those you know, Muslims who kind of have the patience to deal with outsiders because I know it's like it's draining and a lot. Um, and so there are just some people who kind of had that patience with me, you know, and, and helped me work through all those misconceptions that I had. Um, yeah. So, okay. yeah, extend gratitude to them. Hmm. That's that. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that story. Um, I know it's probably like not the easiest thing to like formulate into like a five minute story and share. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, one, so one thing I was thinking about since um, this is our like episode is during the month of Ramadan. Can you talk about how um, like your month of Ramadan has been going and how you've been trying to balance everything 
because I know you, you're very busy <laughs> with mm -hmm. um with like fulfilling religious obligations, but also with like growing during this month. Yeah, it's um so this is my second Ramadan. Um and I would say that man, I'm just taking it day by day. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean there there are challenges, but there's also like to me, I feel like I'm still on that kind of new revert way where it's like, oh, this is just like mm. such an amazing experience. Like I'm really mm -hmm. able to kind of strengthen my relationship to um, God through kind of like seeking sustenance outside of this material world, um, you know, be it food or, or other things. And then also just like being able to kind of work on my discipline and practice, you know, am I gonna watch this movie that maybe, you know, doesn't have the best messaging or am I gonna instead read some Quran or, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm reading this book right now by uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but um, her last name's like Murata or something like that um, called the Tao of Islam. And um, mm -hmm. it's an amazing book. She's this Japanese scholar who I believe is like one of the first women to go study in Qum um, in Iran. Wow. And, uh, wow. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a great book. Um, I'm, I'm only like three or four chapters in, but so far it's been phenomenal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, great. Um, so, uh, one, and, so oh, one, I will say, oh, sorry. yes. Um, her book, the, the vision of Islam was kind the of vision. one of the like more academic textbook style books that I read that really kind of broke down the message, um, in a way that I resonated with. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never heard of this person. We should, um, here, I'll type the name and the, I'm just going to type the name for the people who are watching. Oh. And so we can see it on the screen as I ask the next question. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, next final question about education before we go into the final piece of advice is, um, can you be a teacher and do something else? So I guess, more, yeah. obviously, that's an obvious question. Like, <laughs> why is it important as a teacher to not be, like, a monolith? And we touched on this a little bit before, but just to emphasize it again. Yeah, I think it's a must. Um, I think it's a must. You have to be able to do um, other things besides just teach. Um, and, it yeah, it goes back to what I was saying about when – you know, if teachers are just teachers, they're going to be boring. Like students yes. are going to be like, you just show up and you're just a student like us. Like we don't <laughs> want to hear just about school. Like what's going on in your personal life? Like what are cool things you're doing? Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's crucial to have other aspects of yourself, other identities that you can, you know, bring to the classroom to connect with students. Um, because that's, I mean, that's another thing that I could talk about forever, but is that, at the crux of, based off of my studies, the crux of teaching is building relationships with students. Mm -hmm. um, and that like, you might not be an expert in your field, right? You might not be an expert in math, you might not be an expert mm -hmm. in history, mm -hmm. but if you can develop strong relationships and get students excited about learning, that's the key, you know? Teaching is actually less about delivering content and more about cultivating positive learning practices within students. Hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the biggest takeaways from that inter interdisciplinary approach that 
um, I've gotten to experience is that the more, the more ways and the more kind of skills you can build in learning habits, that's what's going to create um, good students who are successful, you know, not just in your class, but in, you know, their lives 10, 20 years from now, because students are going to forget formulas. They're going to forget hard information. But right. if you get them to like repeat a skill over and over again, mm-hmm. that they can implement, you know, in any aspect of their life, that's something that they're never going to forget and that they're going to be able right. to take with them forever. Yeah, that's so true. Or even like the relationships that they build with you or with, you know, your class. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so before we, we're, so we're unfortunately already almost out of time, but before we sign off for, for now for this episode, can you um, tell us about your final piece of advice? So what is one thing that, you would want people to take away from the show having learned if they maybe didn't take away anything else? Um, man, my final piece of advice would just be, um, <laughs> dang, I, I'm blanking. Did, did I have a piece of advice in our, in our pre-conversation? Can you give oh, me a no, you, you said you'd think about it. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> dang. Um, I think my final piece of advice would just be to, um, you know, it's something that my dad taught me and that it's like, we're going to have mundane tasks to do. We're going to have busy work, um, mm-hmm. things you don't like. And if you can cultivate joy in that and find passion in doing those things, mm-hmm. um, it's just going to make them a, a lot easier, but also um, is going to enhance kind of the things that you're actually excited about because you're going to have practice mm-hmm. um, cultivating joy for, for work um, and kind of turning your work into play and, and the, right. the sooner you can do that. I think the sooner life becomes more enjoyable overall. Yeah. I think that's a great final piece of advice, especially on the spot <laughs> coming up with it on the spot. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Marcus, for sharing, you know, your journey um, and, and everything. And if our um, like listeners or viewers want to contact you, maybe like to ask more about like, you know, advice or anything where can they do that um i said my email is the best okay. best mm-hmm. way to do that um yeah okay so that's cool yeah actually yes i do chat. have your email yes i will put it on the screen so it's yeah yeah so that's that's the best one yeah. to reach me okay at. great um and yeah, I mean, I got to get on this app, too, that you were talking about at the beginning yeah, of the show. Inspire apps. Um, yeah. yeah, the Inspire app. That would be cool. Yeah, then we can, then also, so yes, you can also reach out to, to Marcus on the Inspire app, um, Inspire platform. It's on the Umoja app. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, have, thank hope you. Have you a great rest of your month. You as well. You as well. Thanks. Take care. Um, and thank you to, to everyone, to all our listeners, for tuning in to the Umentor Talk Show. Um, we're going to have another show in a few weeks. So we hope you'll tune in again for another interview. And if you would like to come on the show, um, you know, please just reach out to us at our email, mentor at Um, and remember you can always catch our previous episodes, um, on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts, and also on our website. Um, so there's many places where you can watch our episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. Umoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.